Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. Just think about it. Uh, our whole world is sitting there on a computer. It's in the computer, everything. Your, your DMV records, your social security, your credit cards, and, and the podcast you listen to. It's like this little electronic shadow on each and every one of us, just just begging for someone to screw with our podcast metrics and make it so it turns out you've been listening to Mike and Mike go to the movies this entire time. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who had a little drink about an hour ago and it got right to his head. <laughs> Mike Tricio. How are you doing today, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I'm pretty good. Good, good, good. Uh, I am good. I am good. Uh, it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks at the Roxy, getting some stuff together for a Queer West Film Fest, uh, which friend of the show, Charlotte McCorn, has been uh, kind of spearheading uh, at the Roxy, uh, Montana's first LGBTQIA plus uh, you know, film festival. Nice. Uh, so that's very exciting. Um, very lo- looking forward to getting that together. Uh, what's been going on in the life of my Decretio? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, get, getting ready for a big, big trip coming up, which will be very exciting. I'm going to be uh, going to Ireland for the first time ever. So I'm excited nice. for that. <laughs> very um, cool. Yeah. Otherwise, watch a movies mostly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and that is what we're doing this episode as yeah. well, uh, because this uh, episode is a patented Mike Makes Mike Watch. Uh, and as we've talked about many times uh, this year, uh, this year for Mike Makes Mike Watch, uh, we each like picked out our movies in advance. Like back in January, we were like, OK, let's just map out 12 episodes of the podcast right now. So we just have something in the chamber for what we're going to do this this year. <laughs> Who knew that eight years of podcasting and we've never once made like a Google calendar. We have a Google <laughs> document where we put like ideas sometimes, but we don't yeah. have like an actual planned <laughs> schedule no. for anything. Yes. No, Mike and Mike is very much flying by the seat of its pants at all times. Uh, That's so, we right, figured, baby. so we figured this time we'd, uh, we try to plan it out a little bit. Uh, and so we have uh, once a month, we're doing a Mike makes Mike watch uh, where I make Mike watch something. He makes me watch something. Uh, and the reasons why we choose the movies that we choose kind of vary. Sometimes they're old favorites that we wanted the other watch for a while. Sometimes they're just like, you might find this interesting. Uh, sometimes they're bad movies that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, but we personally love them. And we want the other one to love them a lot. That might sometimes be they're the case. brick mansions and sometimes they're brick. Mansions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're the, the end of a long running bits. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, so this week, uh, we are doing a Mike makes Mike watch. Uh, and I made Mike watch, uh, a movie that I truly do love, uh, Piranha 3D from 2010. And Mike D made me watch The Nets from 1995 with Sandra Bullock. And so we're going to dive into both of those movies uh, in just a few minutes. First, got to tell you that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach your own theme songs at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. If you ever want to contact us and respond to what we did in the show, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. And if you ever want to make a donation, you can head to our Kofi page because for $50, you can make us watch any movie you want. All this great Mike makes Mike watch action. That can be you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We dare you. Exactly. Yeah. We dare you to give us money. 
uh, yeah, fifty bucks make you make us watch anything you want uh, within reason. I think is probably the uh, the asterisk yeah. there. But uh, yeah, you can make us watch anything. We've done uh, the Stalag Seventeen. We've done Dungeons and Dragons. A bunch of cool stuff uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, so yeah, if you want to make us watch something, head to our Kofi page, uh, which is kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. There it is. Uh, all right, so we're gonna talk about the net. We're gonna talk about Piranha Three D. Uh, Mike D, which one of these movies would you like to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about the net first. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's get into it. It's time for a Mike makes Mike watch. I only choose right. Mike's watching Mike's movie. Beats for him specially. Whoa. It's just another night. Mike's watching Mike's movie. They vary in quality. We all live in the age of information. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world. All we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my bottom? Every trace of our existence is computerized. Everything about us is encoded somewhere on a complex network of information. Computers your life, aren't they? Yes. Perfect hiding place. Computer analyst Angela Bennett was just doing her job. When she stumbled onto something what is this? she never should have seen. I plugged it in and I'm staring at the personal medical files of the Undersecretary of Defense, Michael Bergstrom. Someone's tapped into the system. How long would it take to track her? Depends on how long she stays online. Something. Why would anybody want to do any of this? That reaches farther than she could ever imagine. They hack into computers and they cause this chaos. Wall Street. The market panic as officials suspended trading. The Department of Water and Power in Atlanta. LAX. We've lost radar contact. No, it's finally to go. They're manipulating her world. You can make of reality, won't you choose? According to the Department of Motor Vehicles, you're Ruth Marks. They've, they've screwed with my information and, and my fingerprints. I don't understand why me. Infiltrating her life. Find whoever she's been speaking to. No, he was not a diabetic. Where? Identity. We've got an outstanding warrant for a Ruth Marks on federal charges. I am Angela Bennett. Just give us the disc and we'll give you your life back. She has the evidence. She's copied the disc. Have a go. But they have the power. Sandra Bullock is caught in the net. All right, that was from the trailer for The Net, uh, directed by Erwin Winkler from 1995. It stars Sandra Bullock, Jeremy Northam, Dennis Miller, and Diane Baker. Uh, And so, Mike D., I have to ask, when you chose The Net, why? Why why was The Net a movie that you made me want to watch? Or you you wanted to make me watch? I don't remember the uh, impetus behind it going on the list, but it came up before we had done... Like it was on the the OG version of Mike and Mike where we just like had a running list for each other. We're like, oh shit, we're doing this next week. Uh, one of these movies, um, kind of thing. And I don't remember it had come up that you had never seen it, and I don't remember the context of that. But this is one of those movies that I remember liking a lot when I first saw it uh, back when I was a young young boy. Um, you know, I obviously didn't see it in theaters or anything because in '95 I was four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was definitely one of those like perennial TNT. HBO movies in the 
late nineties, early aughts or whatever. Um, and, and, and there was a couple of movies that I remember me and my parents were always like goofing about like, Oh, this is on again. And we would stop and have to watch it. I think like Dante's peak was in there. Sure. Enemy of the state was in there, things like that. And this falls like squarely in that time, time frame for when that would have been going on. And I remember liking it a lot then. And, and it definitely has big, um, TNT on mute vibes at the, uh, the gym, <laughs> you know, when you were on the treadmill. Sure. One of those kind of movies. Uh, and I haven't really thought about it since then. So, you know, 15 plus years or whatever, 20 years. Okay. And uh, just, yeah, it seems like it would be fun to go back and revisit it and uh, have us have us have to talk about it. All right. Did you rewatch it uh, for this podcast? So maybe a little precursor or preview spoilers. I made it like an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, did you have something else to do or you were like, I'm bailing on this? Uh, um, that- a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I okay. had to make sure I watched the movie for the Yopod. So I was like, well, I'm not super into this and I've got breathing room if I stop now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I gave up and switched to the Yopod movie. So I would be, be sure to have that done on time. Uh, but I wasn't particularly jazzed about the hour I had seen. And I was like, <laughs> 45 more minutes. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird. I think it's, you know, it falls very squarely. Like, movies looked better in the 90s, you that's know? That's the uh, thing. And <laughs> that's the thing. It's a trick. It's a magic trick that we've created for ourselves. Exactly. And so there's a weird thing where, like, this movie looks pretty good. It's got Sandra Bullock, who I think is, like, really giving it her all here. I think oh, her movie. Peak her- Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Movie star charisma Sandra Bullock is, like, carrying this thing 100%. Yeah. It was like everything looks cool. It's a very slick looking movie. Like it's just it's very well made, I think. Uh, and it's directed by Erwin Winkler. And I recognized the name and I was like, what do I know that name from? Like, what did he make? And it turns out Erwin Winkler. The reason I know his name uh, is because he is a producer on all of the Rocky movies. Uh, Amazing. He, he produced all of the Rockies and all of the Creeds uh, and produced a few Martin Scorsese movies. Goodfellas and the Irishman, actually. Wow. Uh, so he's he, and also. Uh, by the way, speaking of our Michelle Yeoh podcast, he produced the original The Mechanic with uh, <laughs> Charles Bronson. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, and so, yeah, he's he's just been in the film industry for a long time. But I think I know, I know his name specifically because he produced all the Rockies, also produced Trespass with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'm looking at his uh, wow. <laughs> filmography So we now. have deep personal connections to Irwin Winkler. And he's in uh, Welcome to Hollywood, with uh, which we covered on the Jeff Goldblum LA. podcast. Uh, and he gets a special thanks in that movie as well. Incredible. Uh, yeah, so Erwin Winkler, been around for a long time. A friend of the pod status at this point. I think, <laughs> I think so. Uh, and I, I think partially the reason I'd seen his name a lot, I mean, other than just like I recently did a big Rocky rewatch and saw his name in the credits a bunch of times probably. Um, but I believe he's also the one that like actually holds the rights to the Rocky character. Oh, um, and so, and it's part of the reason why Stallone is no longer involved in the Creed movies. Uh, because I think, you know, when, when Creed two was kind of like p- a positioned as like, this is an exit for Stallone and Stallone at the time was like, yes, this is my exit as Rocky Balboa. And in the years since he's been like, I want to make more Rocky stuff. Damn. Friendship <laughs> he, revoked actually. Canceled. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, weird, weird stuff around there, but he directed the net and he did direct a few other movies. But he's mostly producer. Yeah. The net. I think uh, I watched it yesterday and to be fair, uh, I didn't like watch it in the best condition, but I I was able to watch it all the way through. It was fine. Um, But I watched it on my computer uh, at work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Uh, You know, one of the nice things about the Roxy is we have the Roxy Annex, which is that this uh, kind of extra theater that we have. And if you're working a shift in the annex, once the movie's in, you got like two hours to kill. Uh, And so I was able to just watch the net on my computer at work. uh, And 
uh, I thought it was like there's it's fun enough where I was like, I can keep going with this. Yeah. <laughs> but at every turn, I was like, this is like really dumb and really ludicrous and not in a super fun way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Particularly for me, Dennis Miller showed up. And then he's like, I'll come along. And I was like, oh, fucking, I'm out of this movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was literally when they were like, uh, we have to go meet Cyber Bob. And he's like, well, of course I'm going with you. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to make sure I like, watch. Yeah. Yeah. I got to make sure I watch this Michelle Yeoh movie in time. So maybe I'm yeah. out. Um, but um, yeah, on one level, it's like so cute what they thought the internet would be like. And it's sure. very, there's a lot of movies like this in the 90s where it's like, you know, why would this website have text to speech? Like what? Like why is this reading out the website? The te- shit like that. Right. Um, things like that. But then also like they got pretty close. <laughs> like they got pretty sure, close to yeah, what things yeah. ended up being like. Identity theft, like that whole monologue that uh, I quoted in the yeah. beginning where Bullock's like, you know, all of our records are on here. Your DMV, social security, it's so easy to steal stuff from you. And like, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> um and so there's that, and then there's that aspect of it, which, you know, we've talked about uh, on here before with, like, Law and Order Man and shit like that. Um, but then also the, uh, like, conspiracy stuff, I felt like was just kind of almost cool, almost fun. I don't really know how to describe I, I was comparing it, I talked about a couple weeks ago, to The Pelican Brief, which is an Alan J. Pakula movie. Sure. It's, it's Julia, uh, Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington, and it's just like, holy, this is a fucking movie, man. And I've, you know? and I've not seen The Pelican Brief. Yeah, do it. That should, that's what should have been here. Because um, <laughs> it's the same thing, and I, th- I was thinking a little bit about it. It's interesting, too, broadly, uh, that there's, like, all those 70 conspiracy thrillers, uh, you know, after Watergate, and everyone's like, oh my god, the government like will just outright lie to us uh thing mm. and then the 90s conspiracy thrillers which are all oh my god what have we done with the internet like <laughs> enemy of the state and, and <laughs> this and uh, you know the net and uh pelican brief and all that shit so i think there's a weird connection there um but comparing it to the pelican brief as far as the conspiracy stuff and it's of course alan pakula who's like the master of this right sure where i think the problem with the net in the hour of it that I watched today uh, was that you don't see enough of what the conspirators are. Like it's always just that one hitman on the phone with somebody being like, have you got a trace? Right. Or whatever. Um, But then I'm thinking about the Pelican brief and there's always moments where it'll cut away from the main action of the, of the movie to two guys in a boardroom that you don't know who they are. You've never seen them before. And they're like, we have to do everything we can to stop this brief from getting out. And then it cuts back to the main theory, the main thing. And then it cuts to two other guys in a boardroom. And they're like, we have to do, like, you just see how vast that conspiracy is in the background yeah. so that you feel extra paranoid. And in this movie, it's like one guy. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> all right, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's like the, that stuff was lacking for this, so, which is why I didn't feel super hooked once I was like a little pressed for time to just be like, eject. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get out of here. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I do think it starts off pretty solid. Like, this is opening scene, pretty good. Like a, yeah. a very like evocative, like, oh, my God, what's happening? And it's like you have the uh, it's the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Bergstrom, who uh, is like on the phone with his wife. Uh, yeah. and he's like in the middle of a public park and he's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, save some dinner for me. I'll be home tonight or whatever. And he puts down the phone and then he puts a gun in his mouth and shoots himself. Yeah. Uh, and that's how the movie starts. And it's like, oh, shit, what happened here? Uh, and then you learn that uh, he uh, discovered that he tested positive for HIV. Uh, and so that's like a whole thing. And so 
these hackers are like going into people's health records right. uh, and changing things. And so they made him think he tested positive for HIV and uh, the main bad guy, Jack Devlin, uh, played by Jeremy Northam, uh, he kind of mentions that like, oh yeah, he was homophobic. So when he found out he had HIV, he killed himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and that was that was like their plan or whatever. Um, and that happens a few times throughout the movie where like, uh, you know, I think Dennis Miller is like allergic to a certain kind of penicillin. And so, uh, they hack into the hospital records and make it so he's always oh, not allergic to that penicillin. So they use it and that's how he dies. Right. Uh, they change his prescription. So the pharmacist fills penicillin instead. Yes, of exactly. He's supposed to get. Yeah. Uh, and all that stuff. But the, the main thing here is that they steal Sandra Bullock's identity uh, because she is Angela Bennett. Um, but in fact, they, uh, they, as she's gone, uh, she goes on like a vacation to Mexico, her first one in like six years. And she goes on vacation. She meets this guy, Jack Devlin, uh, who turns out to be the bad guy. But, uh, you know, he like seduces her and like steals the disc out of the bag and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then when she's trying to get back in, she can't get back in. She like doesn't have like all of her stuff has been stolen. She can't get back. And then some random person comes up to her and is like, oh, hey, we have your ID right here. You can just sign here and take it. And it's like, wait, my name's not Ruth Marks. And it's like, ah, just sign Ruth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This won't come back to bite you. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> like, no way. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, spoilers, it does. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, she gets back to America and she finds her house has been sold and like all this kind of crazy stuff. And it's all because of that damn internet, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. She works for some like software company or whatever. Uh, and she gets shipped, which is hilarious that it's like she works from her house remote and her boss is like, we need you back in the office, tits. And he's like, <laughs> it's like, it's the same fucking thing now. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, she gets shipped like a program that, you know, whatever you hit a certain combination of keys and it just like kind of backdoors you into other like government websites. They talk about like the EPA or the Department of Energy and the like Bethesda military hospital, like and all this random shit. And they're just like access stuff that they're not supposed to have. Um, and they quote unquote, know she has the disc. So they follow her to Mexico and try to steal it and yeah, and that's the whole thing. They they steal her identity, change her name, change her, her all of her records, uh, so that nobody believes her that she's Angela Bennett, and they give her like a fake arrest, uh, uh, like warrant out for her arrest. So now the cops are after her and all this stuff. And that's about as far as I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when they were going to meet the friends, the people from the chat room, uh, in public, gotcha. And, and then Dennis Miller showed up, and I was like, ah, I can't listen to this guy. I'm done. <laughs> I can't hear this man's voice. Um, <laughs> So yeah, but what, so what's the, what's the back half? What do we got going on after that? Uh, I mean, in the back half, so they, they meet that guy and Dennis Miller dies. Um, he like, <laughs> I should have stuck it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dennis Miller's character dies and, uh, there's a moment, I mean, honestly, so much of it is like kind of vaguely incomprehensible. Um, yeah. but uh, there's a moment towards the end where it, it sort of feels like it like predates the matrix a little bit where it's like a, um, a scene, like a cubicle, like, a, you know, a mm-hmm. large office with cubicles in it. And she finds this woman who is going by Angela Bennett's um, or she's she's like the real Ruth Marks. uh, And she's like she's the one who stole her identity. Right. She's like um, all that kind of stuff. And so she discuss like like she like starts like this distraction. She like uh, sets up the fire alarms that the entire office has to evacuate. And so she can go to the computer and get all the stuff that she needs to get. And then she runs out of there. And then the fake Angela Bennett and Jack Devlin are running after her. And there's like a scene in a warehouse where there's a like a gunfight. And then eventually uh, she knocks him with a fire extinguisher and then he dies (laughs) (laughs) and she gets her identity back. She gets her home. uh, She reunites with her mom. 
who has been like kind of placed in a home um, right. that Dennis Miller kind of put her in to keep her away. But that is the weird thing. So her character is kind of set up as somebody who works remotely from home, basically never leaves her house, like right. just keeps herself. The only person in town who knows who she is is Dennis Miller, who was her old therapist, who I think she used to have like a thing with, right? She mentions that to yeah. Devlin uh, earlier where she, like before she realizes he's the bad guy, uh, where, you know, she had a thing with her therapist. Turns out he was married and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so he's the only person in town who knows that she is Angela Bennett. Her neighbors don't know who she is. Nobody in town ever would ever recognize her. And to, on top of that, her mom has Alzheimer's or something, like, right? Yeah, she, like, yeah. <laughs> so, she, so she doesn't even know who she is. She can't even vouch. Right. Uh, and so all, all that stuff uh, is kind of piles on. But then on top of that, like Sandra Bullock is playing this like work at home hacker person who is like the most beautiful person that's ever existed. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a weird like girl boss energy to that. <laughs> right? A little bit. Yeah. But it, it is one of those things where it's like this person, like the first thing you see this person do, Sandra Bullock, I've been like talking in a chat room, is like order a pizza online. Yeah. Uh, which is a very funny, like, look at what computers can do kind of moment where you like, yeah. look over there and you see like, oh, I can click extra large on this computer. Pizza.net. Yeah. And uh, pizza will be delivered. What a, what a wonder of the internet. But that, yeah, it's just Sandra Bullock with like perfect hair and perfect makeup at all, like all yeah. hours of the day, uh, just working remotely from home. It just, it, it, and she carries it. Like she's such a good, like it's a good movie star performance. She powered me through this movie. Um, but it is like one of those things. It's like, this is not true to life. <laughs> this is not how this would be. Uh, yeah. I don't know how there's a weird, like, progressivism to that in some way about like you know one that she's a that it's a woman that is like this kind of hacker computer person sure yeah and that she's sandra bullock in 1995 (laughs) so she's gorgeous and amazing beautiful uh but yeah i don't know it it, it did make me think about like you know if you only ever worked from home and all this stuff and you never saw your coworkers, uh how many people would like know your name that you would see every day because that's the thing like they like the neighbors like yeah i don't know like she kind of looks like her i don't know yeah but I'm not sure. Uh, it's it was very interesting uh, to like think about that a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish this movie had. I thought this movie was more actiony than it turned out to be. Yeah, uh, maybe really the back not, half is. Yeah, it's it's really more going for that like conspiracy thriller like kind of yeah. thing. So it's less of an action movie, but uh, it's it yeah it kind of fails on most of those. Uh, I mean, there's some cool sequences. Like I think the scene out on the boat is pretty fun. Um, when she, when she learns that, uh, Jeremy Northam's character is the bad guy, uh, who is like, you know, the leader of these, uh, the Praetorians, uh, yeah, the, the hacker group. And so the, the sequence where they're struggling and, uh, you know, I, I think when she discovers the gun is, is very fun. Uh, and she's like, Oh, with the, like his excuse is like, Oh, it's for hunting sharks. Like, yeah. Like looking around like, yeah, that's, that's believable. Right. She, you believe that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like with a silencer on, I was like, yeah, I don't want, I want to sneak up on him. You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. And there's a few moments like that throughout the movie where it's just like everything about this seems so insane. <laughs> right. I think there's a moment where they're like walking on the beach and like Sandra Bullock is like, Oh, I'm a little cold. And he like wraps a handkerchief around her waist. And yeah. It's like, all right, sure. <laughs> It's got to get that, that touch starved fish on the hook, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very funny. And yeah, it, I think I thought I think also I thought it had more uh, like funny tech stuff going on, like a little bit more sure. like Lawnmower Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is more just like this was made in 1995. And so everything is 95. You know, it's all floppy disks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's not like uh, I don't know. It's not it's not like doing too much to like try to predict the future of the Internet other than it's like, hey, this is mistaken identity that can happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like very grounded in the technology of the time and stuff. Um, so it's a little, a little different from the movie I remembered uh, watching when I was eleven on TNT. Right, uh, but still fun, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I had an okay enough time. I think I gave it like a two and a half on Letterbox because I was like, it, it's at the very end of the day. Like, like if this came out today, it would look so much worse. Like, it, right. it looks pretty good. Like, and it's like, oh man, this is like really well produced. I wish more bad movies looked like this, like today. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I that is a tweet I always think about with that, where it's like, I don't remember what movie it was, but somebody's like, I'm watching a Josh Hartnett rom com from 2005, and there's split diopter shots going. On. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. We used um, to have movies, you know. Never forget uh, what they took from us, you know. Exactly. Uh, also, did want to mention that I think you know, despite having now watched the net, I don't think it's going to replace. Like the memory of watching this movie will not replace the memory of like the one line on Seinfeld that references the net. Uh, which <laughs> what there's a moment where uh, Frank Costanza, George's dad, uh, is getting into selling computers, and uh, George and George asks him like, "Well, why computers? What are you doing?" And Frank's uh, like, "Son." Let me tell you a story. The other day, I was watching this provocative thriller called The Net with the girl <laughs> from the bus. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and so I feel like dis- despite now having seen The Net, I feel like my main cultural takeaway will still be that one line from <laughs> Seinfeld. From Seinfeld. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> and Sandra Bullock will still be that girl from the bus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The Net. It's a... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else to say about it. It's it's an it's an okay enough time. Like I said, like everything that works about this is Sandra Bullock kind of powering me through it through like sheer movie star charisma. Yeah, um, that little like giggle snort thing she's got. Mwah. Yes, can sell yeah. a whole movie. That's very it. good, very very good. Um, but anyway, uh, since you haven't watched the back half of the movie, should we move on to uh, <laughs> the other one, Mike? Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd just like to say to everybody, uh, watch the Pelican Brief instead. That's that's the the version of this that I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry I didn't like the net, Mike. It's uh, I, I'm you know. me, me neither. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes this is more of an experiment than a... Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, and speaking of, let's get into our next film, uh, which is Piranha 3D. See that gap right there? Yeah. Quake, open that up. Now it's a connecting passage. Descending fissure. Oh, my God. It's at least 200 feet, Novak. Draws the pack. 
All right, that was in the trailer for Piranha 3D from 2010, uh, directed by Alexandra Aja and starring such actors as uh, Elizabeth Shue, Stephen R. McQueen, Adam Scott, Jerry O'Connell, Ving Rhames, Paul Shear, and Christopher Lloyd, among others. So I guess uh, going into the reason why I wanted to make you watch Piranha yes. 3D, Mike, uh, is because I've seen this movie many times. <laughs> I, I really like it. I saw this in theaters when it came out. Uh, that I explains was, a lot. I was 17. I saw it in 3D, and man, what a time that was. Uh, had had a, had a blast. And then I bought the Blu-ray. I've seen it a few times since then. I've made people watch this before. I, it's a movie that I just love in terms of its sheer excess and in terms of like how crazy it can go with it. Uh, it's a movie that very much, it feels like it's in on the joke of how crazy the Piranha series can get or whatever, but it also feels pretty authentic in its desire to just show Piranha carnage. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy that aspect of it also i think it's got a really fun cast uh it's got i mean elizabeth shoe and adam scott and ving rames is in this movie yeah. uh so yeah i mean that's that's kind of why i wanted to uh, you watch piranha 3d and also because uh you know we actually saw the original piranha together in theaters um at a hudson horror show marathon and i you hadn't seen the 3d one which uh is blasphemy so uh what did you think of piranha 3d mike um, watching Piranha 3D, I did not meet the movie on its wavelength, uh, which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> as I was watching it, I could absolutely tell that if I had seen this in theaters at the time, I would have probably loved this, uh, which makes sense. Um, but watching it alone at home on like a Sunday afternoon, I was like, this is f- nothing. This is garbage. What the fuck is this movie? Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate. And um, I think there's something there. It, it, I think... Unfortunately, I made the connection to the, uh, is it the Asylum or whatever that make all those like fake yeah, sci-fi like the movie, knockoff movies? Sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. And it started feeling like that a little bit. And then once I like thought of that, I couldn't get out of that like mindset. And it was like, this is a waste of time. Uh, yeah. And, and I, that, like, I don't think that it actually is. But uh, in that like viewing experience, the first time, I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not checked in on this movie, which is unfortunate because it is, it like it's goofy, it's fun. I like, I mean, I like movies from vinegar syndrome and shit. Like, what the like, what? How could this not be um, a movie I would have a fun time with? And I think like with beers and friends and all that stuff, like watching a piranha burp up. Uh, Jerry O'Connell's like severed chewed up penis would would be funny, <laughs> but like alone uh, during the daytime it wasn't. <laughs> you know, sure, like, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, but I will say because I think I saw it was Greg Nicotero does the special effects for this. Um, okay, nice. So when it is practical carnage it looks incredible uh this particularly the like wet t-shirt contest scene that's a sure, lot of yeah. that is like practical um and all that next scene goes on for like 15 minutes <laughs> it's just like people like ah with, like half chewed off faces and stuff in the water yeah so like all that looks incredible and when it goes for that kind of like hard practical gore stuff uh it's really cool but when most of it is just bad cgi not in 3d right now obviously right yeah you're obviously watching in 2d in 2d so it's like anytime somebody throws up directly at the camera lens you're just like well all right (laughs) (laughs) i get it but i'm not enjoying it the way it should be uh so yeah i mean yeah overall i think it i think it has the potential for me to really like this movie just this viewing experience uh by myself did not help so I didn't have fun, unfortunately. That is a bummer. I saw your two and a half star review on Letterboxd and I was truly devastated. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I did not rewatch this before the podcast. I didn't have the time, um, but I've seen it a few times. Uh, yeah. And 
I don't know. I've just always enjoyed it every time I've seen it, but I don't think I've ever watched it alone. I think you're right. right. Like it's, it's just always something like I put on with friends to show them or whatever it is. Cause I, I do really enjoy it. Is there anything that you did like of Piranha 3D, Mike, anything that uh, you wanted to mention? Uh, I mean, did you enjoy the Richard Dreyfuss cameo uh, at the beginning? I did. And I had a really funny experience uh, because I was watching it, you know, by means. So sometimes everything is not perfectly set up when you get a thing that way. Yeah. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, what fucking voice is Richard Dreyfus doing? Like, what the hell is this? And because he, he's not really like saying words, like he's singing uh, along to uh, show me the way to go home a little yeah. bit, but like kind of mumbling it. He's drinking beers and it's <clears> like only a couple words were coming through every time he was speaking. And then he's catching the fish and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's saying all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, and it took me like a while until like other characters showed up to realize that it was the Hindi audio track that was playing. <laughs> So it's like, because he's not saying complete sentences. I didn't realize he wasn't speaking English yet. Yeah. Um, and he's drunk and all that stuff. Um, so I was like, okay. And I had to go back and change it to English and then start it <laughs> over. And I was like, oh, he's singing Show Me the Way to Go Home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Um, uh, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> so that was the funniest part of the movie. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I guess he's, uh, I guess he's Hooper, right? He's singing. He, yeah, I mean, he's sort of like supposed to be uh, Matt Hooper from Jaws. Uh, yeah, Richard, he's got Richard, the outfit, the denim. Yeah, yeah Richard Dreyfuss uh, makes a cameo at the beginning of this movie. Um, sort like they never like name him. They, they do no. call the character Matt. I think they do say his name is Matt. Oh, really? Uh, or he's credited as Matt or something. And like in in interviews, he was like, "Yeah, this is sort of like a reincarnation of Matt Hooper." Um, Incredible. But yeah, he's supposed to be playing Hooper, uh, who is singing along to the song from Jaws. He's singing, "Show me the way to go home." Uh, yeah. And then he gets a piranha on his line and then gets eaten by like a whirlpool happens, I think. And uh, like, yeah, like so gets eaten by piranhas. So I think that's also part of the reason too, uh, that I didn't like this movie a ton is that even though piranha, the OG one is like a jaws ripoff. It's low, but I think it's a, what's a, uh, what's his name? The guy that made Roger Corman, Roger Corman movie. Right. Yeah. But it is at the end of the day, still directed by Joe Dante and written by John sales. Um, sure. Like who are like guys that know what they're doing. And not that Alexander Aja doesn't, but, uh, there's like some artistry. I don't know. Like the, like the whole thing about in Piranha one, if I remember right, is that like the piranhas were bred by the army to re- release into the rivers of Vietnam. So like, there's this like weird political anti-government thing going on. Right. Uh, and this kind of just happens. I think they try to say that Hooper or Matt or whatever causes it. Cause he's, he's got his beer and he's fighting this fish and the beer falls off the boat and sinks all the way to the bottom of the lake. And as soon as it hits the bottom of the lake, an earthquake happens and rips open a, a, a tear at the bottom of the lake. Right. Which releases the piranha into the lake. Um, so is it like some kind of like anti-littering thing? I don't like, you know, like whatever. Uh, not that I need that in a piranha movie, but like piranha one had it <laughs> a little bit. So. <laughs> Maybe a little. Yeah, I do. Maybe. I do prefer this one to the first one. Um, that makes I, sense. I, and I'm a huge Joe Dante fan as yeah. well, but yeah, I saw Piranha and I enjoyed it. Um, but I feel like it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty slow movie for a while. It like is, it's, yeah. you know, and then finally Piranha's like start attacking it, like the back half of it. It's like, okay, this is picking up a little bit, but this one, I feel like it just goes right from the beginning. Like it just, it's pretty consistently like just doing crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoy that. Alexandra Aja is a filmmaker that I generally like also. Uh, have you seen a uh, crawl? I have seen Crawl. I really okay. liked Crawl. I think he also made High Tension, right? That French ex- uh, extremity. Did. Yeah. Yes. Which uh, you should see that sometime. That's a wild movie. Yeah, um, I have not seen that. But uh, that also has like the nasty, like 
gore thing going on. Uh, it's a French extremity movie if you've seen right. any of those. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. There's just like this weird, there's like a weird insincerity that I felt to Piranha 3D that was like, you know, the whole it's so bad, it's good thing comes from like an earnestness attempting to make a real movie. Uh, yeah. And to me, this felt like not that. Yeah. See, I feel like, I mean, I, I I think there is an earnestness here. I think there's also like it's a self-aware kind of it's a weird mix, but like a self-aware kind of earnestness where I think everybody involved is really enjoying what they're making and like really having a good time with it. It's not like, you know, Sharknado or whatever, which is like very clearly like this, these like they know they have a catchy, like bad movie title that people are going to watch and they just get like, you know, Ian Ziering to show up and be doing, do his thing or whatever. Like here you got like some pretty cool stars in this movie. Yeah. like yeah. people like committed to it. You have you got Christopher Lloyd to deliver exposition, the best person who's ever delivered exposition in movies. <laughs> uh, you know, like when you when you watch Back to the Future, like half of Lloyd's dialogue is exposition, and he sells it so well. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he kills it in this movie. He's so fun uh, in like the two or three scenes that he's in, and he gets like he gets like the last scene in the movie as well, which is yeah. also a very funny button to it, where he's like those piranhas you've been fighting for this entire time. They were only the babies or whatever. And yeah. then, then I think Adam Scott gets eaten by a giant piranha or something. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if they're the babies, where are the parents? Whoosh. And he gets just like per a giant piranha jumps out and eats him. And then it hard cuts yep. the credits, um, which is fun. Like, yeah. And, and I definitely like recognize that I'm like being overly harsh for piranha 3d. Like, what am I like? Come on. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a ton of fun with it and I wish I did. And I recognize that, you know, let's have some beers and hang out in person and watch Piranha 3D and I'll probably have a blast. Um, so the stuff that I did like, <laughs> um, Paul Shearer and Jerry O'Connell as like the girls gone wild people or wild, yeah. wild girls or whatever the hell they call it in the movie is just out of control. Uh, the funniest just bananas Jerry O'Connell like getting shredded by piranhas and then just being like, they took my penis. <laughs> 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 it was very funny. And then, yeah, there's the like the 3D button on the joke because it's supposed to be 3D. The piranha burps the penis at the camera and you're yep. like, all right, I guess. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, when I tell you I saw this in 3D in theaters, it was the best 3D I had seen since Avatar. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. It was like got to play great in 3D. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I mean, that whole sequence, I think, is really fun. I think, um, you know, I mean, Elizabeth Shue is in this movie, which is fun. Yeah. Like, it's just like a wild thing to see Elizabeth Shue in, you know? <laughs> What's going on with that? Um, yeah, the Adam Scott is very fun as like an unexpected action hero kind of guy. Yeah, uh, when he when he rips up the chainsaw and starts doing his thing, man, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Ving Rhames also like pulls a a, a motor off a boat. Yeah, he's just like ah, like shredding them all as he's getting killed by the piranhas because his legs are in the water, and that's all fun. Yeah, that I think the real standout sequence to me is probably the wet t-shirt contest sequence uh which is that where like everybody is in the water they don't aren't listening to the cops and the the school of piranha get there and uh it's eli roth is the oh, guy right. yeah. it's like the dj or whatever um and his head gets exploded by a boat because he gets crushed between two boats um so like this whole thing is all like it's where it becomes practical gore it becomes greg nicotero special effects and you're yeah. just like this is cool it's just like unabated carnage and it goes like i said it goes on for like 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it just is like Adam Scott jumps on a jet ski and he's like pulling people in and out like to the shore and all this stuff. And then uh, somebody thinks they have the same. I think this is the guy that kills Eli Roth. He like has the same idea, but he gets in like a boat instead of a jet ski. So he's just like, you, uh, you know, driving or whatever through crowds of people with his propeller. 
uh, it's right. just shredding people, and he crashes into a boat and crushes Eli Roth, uh, which is always fun to see, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I, I wish I had more fun, is what I'm going to say, you know? Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I hope one day you watch it again and have more fun, Mike, because uh, it is, and I, fe- I feel like like half the movies I've made you watch so far are stuff where it's like, yo, this was a comedy that didn't really play well for me, like, watching it at home, <laughs> but if I watched it with friends, maybe it'd be good. Maybe it'd be fun. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, at least on this episode, same for the net. I mean, I guess also same for Knights and Brick Mansions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's been uh, hit or miss. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> the great experiment must continue. Correct. Uh, and we will do more Mike Makes Mike Watches, of course. Um, yeah, I so I, I really like Piranha 3D. I have not seen the sequel, uh, which ah. is uh, Piranha 3 Double D. Because it's about I wonder boobs. What that's about. Yeah, it's it's a boobs joke. Uh, it's a boobs joke. <laughs> uh, and I've he- I've heard that one's not as good um, uh-huh. from what I from what I understand. A few people do come back for that one. Um, Chris- Christopher Lloyd is back in it, and I believe is Ving Rhames. Yeah, Ving Rhames pops up again. Uh, oh. despite dying in the first one. Uh, and Paul Shear is also in the second one as well. Incredible. Um, the se- second one looks like it has David Koechner in it. Uh, Gary Busey is in the second one. I feel like the second one, again, I haven't seen it, but that feels like when I watch that at some point, if I watch that at some point, that feels like that'll probably be the movie that you, you are describing to me for this one, where it's like, this yeah. feels like, you know, just, you know, trying to lean so hard into the so bad it's good kind of thing and all that kind of stuff. For me, watching Piranha 3D, it feels like people who like are very authentically just want to see like crazy Piranha carnage on the screen and they deliver that, I think, in spades. <laughs> they do deliver that a lot. I think it's the weird, I don't think it strikes enough of a balance for me between the like silly Piranha carnage and like the weird softcore porn stuff that's going on, like with the wild. <laughs> Wild, wild girls thing sure for me to not be like oh okay i could whatever be yes. just in here um yeah but, i do i do hear that like i mean i years ago I, I this is you know years ago that i listened to this on a podcast or whatever but paul Shear, who has had this get made yeah uh, on he has a podcast and i believe like i think he was just talking about like how insane the filming of this movie was just like <laughs> I can imagine yeah because uh, like a, a lot of people in the movie are just like actual porn stars yeah um and and so just like going to like nightclubs with like all these like people in like the porn industry in florida when they were filming this for like a month and just oh my like god it just sounded like it was insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I think it comes through in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, so is there, I know there's a Piranha 2 and the whole James Cameron thing of it all, but is there other yeah. movies in between that in Piranha 3D? So there's the original Piranha from 1978, which is directed by Joe Dante, written by John Sayles. Uh, there's Piranha 2 The Spawning, which is technically directed by James Cameron. Uh, right. And technically his first film, actually, because um, he like directed the first three or four days and then was fired or whatever. Right. There was a the whole story. Behind yeah, he that. quit. Yeah. Uh, there, it was. there is a Piranha movie from 1995, which is just called Piranha. Uh, and that was a made for TV movie. Uh, it aired on Showtime uh, and it features Mila Kunis in her debut role. Whoa. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, directed by Scott P. Levy. Uh, I'm not sure who that is. Um, and then Piranha 3D is the next one in 2010, which is Alexandra Aja. And then Piranha 3 Double D is the most recent of the Piranha films. Uh, so there has not been one since. I feel like I remember hearing about them maybe making another one at some point. But, but did Alexandra Aja also do 3 Double D or no? No, he did not. Uh, oh, okay. 3 Double D was directed by John Gulliger, who... Gulliger son. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, he was the director of Feast. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, all, all three of the Feast I think Feast that movies. is Clue Gulliger's son. Is he really? I think so. Um, yeah, you know, you are right. He is, his dad is Clue Gulliger. 
Uh, and John Gulliger, I guess, wasn't, wasn't Feast, he like won it's Project, Project Greenlight. Greenlight. Yeah, he won yeah. Project Greenlight, and that's what Feast came out of. Did you ever watch Project Greenlight? I think I watched that season, the Feast okay, season. Okay, gotcha. I, I didn't see that season. I think that might have been the first season of the show. I don't remember, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, the third season. It was the third season. I, I saw the most recent season, the one they did a few years back, um, uh-huh. the, the fourth season. That show's insane, man. It was it was a really good reality show, but like it's one of those things where like every movie that came out of Project Greenlight is like, man, this isn't as good as watching Project Greenlight. Like, right. <laughs> Devastating. Yeah. That's the weird thing. That, I, that that season there was a movie. It was called The Leisure Class uh, that they made, and that's what that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the one that um, it was Affleck and Matt Damon were involved and there was a producer, Effie Brown, and there was like kind of online discourse about Matt Damon, like being passive aggressively racist and stuff like that. Oh, about, I think I do, do you remember, remember that? that. Yeah. Uh, and like one of the Fairley brothers was involved, I think, as well. And like the guy who made the leisure class just made like every boneheaded, like wrong decision you could make. He like insisted on shooting on film despite their budget being like $500,000 or something and like, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I watched the leisure class because um, it like kind of just premiered quietly on HBO like a month after Project Greenlight uh, wrapped yeah. up. Uh, and it was like one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was so boring, <laughs> so lame. Amazing. But the season of TV that we got out of it was pretty good. So <laughs> so there's that. Good for them. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's weird to think, like maybe uh, the reality show environment might not be the best for filmmaking, you know? Just <laughs> might, might, might not be. Yeah. Might, might not result in the greatest art that uh, could, could come out of it. Um, but yeah, Piranha 3D uh, is the movie that Mike D watched, which was not directed by Klugel or his son. But uh, yeah, so there, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. Mike, unless you have any other final thoughts about this movie? Um, Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think we're kind of done. I, th- I wish that more of it had been practical. Granted, I, I don't know what how you do that, obviously, with piranhas and all that shit. Um, but there is, there is some weird charm to the first one where it's like very clearly the, um, I don't know what that, technique is called where it's just like footage of, of piranhas superimposed over the footage that they shot you know yeah like there's a little bit of charm to that that is lost when it's all just a big cgi mess and stuff totally um, get that and the uh the practical effects are really great so at least i had i had fun for a good 20 minute chunk or 15 minute chunk of this movie uh, nice so yeah, I think I think maybe this week, uh, Mike, this month, swing and a miss. Yeah, <laughs> Mike makes Mike watch. Uh, that that is the uh, the risk we run sometimes. Uh, sure, for Mike yeah. makes Mike watch for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm bummed you didn't like Piranha 3D, and uh, I'm sure you're bummed I didn't like the Nets. But here we are. Yeah, <laughs> or you're bummed, you're bummed you didn't make me watch the Pelican Brief. Actually, I think, I is, think that's uh, really what it comes down to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but there it is. So that is uh, Mike makes Mike watch. I'm already thinking about what movie in the next six months I could bump off to put Pelican Brief. <laughs> on <laughs> uh but i can tell you the next one you're making me watch is angel yeah uh, i'm excited which, for that uh yeah i'm looking forward to that it looks like it's streaming on shutter so uh that's exciting um so yeah uh you're making me watch that i've never seen that pretty excited about that uh and then i think i'm making you watch in june let me pull this up real quick do, yeah do, An- do. angel uh angel is one of my like most like redemptive arc movies for my personal viewing of it. Uh, yes. And I will, will explain later uh, or on the episode, but I'm excited for that. Nice. Uh, I am making you watch a uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, let's go baby. Uh, yeah. So just a heads up. This is a comedy. Maybe you should get some friends together. 
<laughs> no, I mean, from everything I've heard of Josie and the Pussycats, it's one of the movies that holds up the most. Um, yeah, and it's it's really fun. It's a movie that uh, I gave like no time of day to when it came out. I was like eight and was like, ah, this is for girls or whatever. Me, yeah, same, yeah. Uh, and then in the last couple of years, I've become like a huge Josie and the Pussycats fan. It's, it's really fantastic. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, that'll be coming up uh, in the next few weeks on this podcast. Uh, actually, it'll probably be a, an episode we bank at some point soon so that we have it for when Mike D is off in Ireland. Yes, that's right. So, but soon coming up next couple yes, weeks. Absolutely, um, man. Just the opposite ends of the film spectrum with those two movies. So uh, Angel fun. and Josie, both both movies that are uh, sort of empowering to women, right? That's yeah, uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Question mark? Question mark? Uh, yes, uh, 100%. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about those when we get to them. In the meantime, Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, buy an episode, we dare you, you could do that on our Kofi page, <laughs> which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, indeed. You can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio. Mike Sandwich Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Mike Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. It's Mike Decrescio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, next week, we are talking about one of the uh, mo- one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, and I think one of yours too, Mike. Yes. Uh, and that is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We're back, baby. Thwip, thwip. I am excited about this. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be seeing this. We're actually playing it at the Roxy uh, starting this weekend, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, so yeah, Spider-Verse 2, it's happening. Can't wait. I'm really excited. It's going to be yeah. good. <laughs> I saw I saw some headline with Lord and Miller discussing, I forget what the hell they're just recently announced that they're show running or whatever. They're involved uh, in... Clone High is happening right now. Is it in? No, it wasn't that? about Clone High. It, w- it was like an upcoming project. It was s- stuff like that. Uh, but they mentioned uh, Sp- Spider-Man Noir as like a potential, like a thing they're trying to float and see what might happen. Oh, uh, I think I remember like a live action Spider-Man Noir series or something. Is that? Uh, I, I don't even know, honestly. Okay. It's, I think I, I think I had heard something like that. And if they do, man, you got to get Cage in there. <laughs> got to get Cage back. Come on. Uh, yeah. So Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's going to be next week's episode of Mike Mike to the Movies. In the meantime, the complete works. Uh, uh, just released this episode on Final Recipe. Uh, and next week, we're talking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, which uh, is a fun episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, fun enough that I bailed on uh, the net after an hour. So. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go listen to that uh, podcast to see what Mike D bailed on the net for. Uh, Crouching right. Tiger 2. Uh, and that is the end of this week's episode of Mike Mike Go to the Movies. We will see you on the other side. Yeah.